0: Welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Pastor Bill Purvis has an incredible lesson to share with you today, so make sure that you have your ears tuned and your pins ready, and let's dive in and see what he has to say. This is one of the things that I, I really hadn't mastered, so I don't want to come off as having totally done this right. It's what I know ought to be done, and it's kind of an agenda in order to follow. So I want to talk to you today about seven keys for successful staff meetings. Now sometimes just the word meetings will stress you out. You think, oh no, I've got to go to one more meetings. Meetings are kind of like going to the dentist. You know, you need to, need to go. You just don't want to go. You'll put it off as long as you can. And so the question is going to be, since we do have to go, how can organizations make staff meetings more productive? And how can they make them more compelling and valuable? And even if possible, enjoyable. So here we're going to go today. Seven keys for successful staff meetings. Number one, determine who needs to attend. Determine who needs to attend. Who are the key players that are needed in the room to accomplish the goals of that meeting? Uh, that's one of the crucial things. That's the first step. Make sure the right people are in the, in the room. You can't make wise decisions without the right people in the room. You, you can't make the best use of time without the right people in the room have you ever been in one of those meetings where you're in the meeting and and something has to be solved resolved and you look around and the person that you need to answer the question is not even there and so I say to you to start with the very first step is determine who needs to attend whenever I'm deciding about particular meetings my goal is I like to have as many people as possible in the room because something may come up and uh that's what I do, but primarily I'll write the names. Who are those people that should be there that probably have input or advice or something along that line? So that's the first step, determine who needs to attend. Number two, establish an agenda. Now, if I'm going to lead a right and appropriate meeting, I want to know why are we even here? You know, wh- why are we meeting? And so uh, establish the agenda, and the agenda is going to be, is this a status report? Uh, is, do I need to publicly recognize somebody for a job well done Uh, what are the items that we need to discuss what what is the goal of this meeting is there a decision or an action that needs to be taken once we discuss it Uh, who's going to be assigned to carry out each action taken so i want to make sure that we establish a good agenda so that when we go into the meeting that we actually can get something done other than just meeting without an agenda the meeting becomes nothing more than just a discussion and how often have we been in one of those where it was you know we we, we just did nothing but a, a holding pattern we flew around and around and around and other people in the room screaming land the plane just land the plane so there's got to be within us a a, uh, a a real direction of what the agenda is going to be now i want to mention this there are many different types of meetings. You know, When you meet, it's not just one area that you're meeting about. There are a number of them. When I mentioned some of these, one is informational. Uh, an informational meeting is, is you want to make sure that nothing is hidden from the leader or the team. Uh, You've got to make sure that all the cards are on the table, good, bad, and ugly. You never want to have a meeting where somebody's withholding information or they know something that is relevant or pertinent, but they don't bring it up. And the reason I say that is because sometimes you'll have staff in a room that they're afraid to bring up a real problem because it may reflect bad on them or it make them feel uncomfortable or it may reflect bad on somebody else who's in the room. So they just kind of keep it hidden and they know that the plane is off course. They know that there's a problem. They know behind that door is going to be a monster, but they never bring it up. And I'm telling you, in a meeting like that, you've got to always remember you'll never solve what you cannot see. And so you've got to be willing to say, everybody, tell us everything you know. I would rather have egg on our face in the staff meeting than have egg on our face in the public, okay? So that's the first type meeting, informational. Another is an assessment meeting. Now, an assessment meeting is this: is you ask the question, are things working or are they not working? You know, is something working? And if so, the team should say, this is working well. And they ought to tell you, this is why it's working. We know what the sauce is now. We figured this out. It seems to be that, and by the way, sometimes some of the best things we've done around here are things we backed into. I mean, we've literally done some things that we've said, this will patch a problem or fix a problem. And and turns out to be that that turned out to be the major thing on the menu. That's what more people wanted than anything. So assessing is very good. Now, also when you're assessing, though, if you see something not working, be willing to say so. I mean, if the horse is dead, just quietly dismount and move on. Don't be afraid to kill some projects or programs. If you do it right, I promise you, it'll take you a long way. But you've got to assess. You'll never know where you are until you do that. Uh, the, the third one there is, um, is ideas. This may be a type of meeting where it's just about ideas or creativity or brainstorming. This stimulates creative thinking. This is where synergy comes in. And, and in those kind of meetings, let me mention that if you're the leader, don't give all your ideas first, all right? And the reason is you need to let the team talk some because we have a natural tendency, people do, if the leader begins to show all their ideas first and reveal all their cards the others think well in order to get along and make sure that i don't disrupt i'm just going to listen to their ideas and i won't chime in and so the idea of creative creativity or brainstorming meeting needs to be the one where everybody brings up what they see what they think what they feel uh, and and let everybody have a part of that and they've got to be willing to understand that even in that that uh, the, a, a, a bad idea may not be a bad idea. It may just not work for that moment. It may be a good idea for later, but it's just the wrong timing. And so don't, don't make people feel like, well, that's a dumb idea, and everybody boo them out of the room and shut them up. Uh, make sure that everybody feels the freedom to bring up an idea, and even if the idea doesn't fly at the moment, at least they had the opportunity to bring it up because I have noticed that we've had meetings sometimes where somebody would bring up something, and it may be months or even years later that I would say, now, this is the time for what they said. At that time when they brought it up, it wasn't. But now I'm aware that we could pull that off. And so I'm saying to you in the brainstorming meeting, that's where you get your synergy going. That's where you want to let everything come up. You really want to almost take like a dry right board, throw every idea you can up there, see what sticks, play with it some I don't think you'll ever go far in leadership until you have a lot of creativity and brainstorming. Otherwise, you're just carrying out the same old monotonous things all the time and you're managing and you're not leading or being progressive. Uh, The fourth one is planning. Some meetings are just planning meetings. That's asking the question, what's on the calendar? What's, What's going on in the community? What resources are needed to meet a need there? And a planning meeting is the meeting where we decide this is what we're about to do now let's plan and make sure that we have everything we need to make this trip. Let's make sure that we've got everything in our, in our repertoire to be able to do what we're planning on doing. And then, so a planning meeting has to have a calendar that makes sure that it's clear and focused. It has to have the, the right resources put to the, to the project. And so sometimes that's all we do. We say, folks, we know what we're going to do, but now this particular meeting is just a planning meeting. Then there's another meeting. That's the problem solving meeting. Now this is what we call the honesty meeting. This is the face the facts. This is addressing the fact that something's broken, something's not working, something needs to be changed, and you've got to come to problem solving. And I'll be honest with you, that's one of those things that nobody wants to be a part of, but the truth is is if we don't fix the problems, the problems only grow. So in problem solving, You're looking at, what do I do? Give me some ideas. Give me some solutions. And let's find what we think might be the best one for this particular need at this particular time. And a problem-solving meeting, uh, you don't always walk out feeling great, but at least you feel, I went out and I plugged the holes. I made sure that the the boat's not going to sink midway through the journey. You've got to be able to address it. Good organizations, by the way, they will address problems when they have them. They'll say, here's a problem that we have just incurred. Now let's figure out how to fix this. Great organizations prepare for them in advance. Great organizations usually say, okay, what's worst case scenario? What's gonna happen if? And and how do I think in advance of? And that way they either never have the problem or when they do have the problem, they've already got the solution. So. I I would strive for that latter one if I could because that keeps everything on track a lot faster and a lot clearer and then the last one here is what we call future direction or new growth opportunities now this is this is similar to the creativity or or brainstorming but this one is it's what uh, Jack Welch used to call new growth engines that means determine which new growth ventures should be looked into now these are not necessarily Thinking of new stuff, but thinking, where's, wh- where, where are we getting a win at? Uh, well, sometimes we'll do something and we'll say, hey, we just hit something there. Uh, that's our sauce. I remember hearing about a guy years ago that, uh, that he went down the street. He's a business guy, very successful. And he noticed a little Italian man who had a restaurant, a little Italian restaurant. People were lined out the doors for a two and a, two, two and a half hour wait. And it was that way every day. And somebody came to this business guy and said, why do they do that? He said, I'll find out. He went and waited himself for two and a half hours. Finally, he got the food. And he turned around then and said, now I know the answer. He said, it's the sauce. It's the sauce. And that's the key. You look at what you're doing and say, what are the new growth opportunities we can have? We backed into one here at the church. We started this thing called Cascade U. And it was the job or the opportunity to to help us to focus on giving all 66 books of the Bible. So the people come to church, they can they can read any book of the Bible, they can learn from any book, and that was our goal. We had no idea how much traction that would take, what a great need there was. We were solving a problem and a, and bringing a solution that people wanted. And so that for me says, hey, how, now that we're on to it, let's add to it. Let's 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 pour it on. Let's load that baby up. And so future direction or new growth opportunities are what you want to be looking for. And, and you'll grow faster, by the way, when you have some of those things, when you're offering things that are not being offered just anywhere, and when you're saying, this is, this is going to be our new engine. This is where we are. And, and by the way, in a fast-paced uh, uh, society, the way this world is going, you can get obsolete very quick if you're not always on the cutting edge. Uh, the way we did things yesterday is already gone, okay? And by the way, the, the, the way that we're doing things today have got to constantly be changing. And so, you know, you can allot a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of your time to, to trying to manage. But if you're not playing to, your, to the new growth and thinking on the future, you'll get caught somewhere behind. Now, I, I will say this too with these kind of things. All of those six type meetings, you can, and we try to do it weekly here. Uh, You can, you can allot some time to just one of those type meetings, or you can allot some of each of those within the overall meeting. We have one long meeting uh, every week, and it's, it's not anything anybody really looks forward to. I hadn't met anybody yet on the staff. If you ask them to be totally honest, I haven't met anybody that would say, hey, man, I look forward to that. That's the day of the week. I can't wait to get there. Uh, that's the day of the week that everybody thinks, "Oh man, I got to slow down, stop, and do this. Uh, but but that's our pit stop. That's what keeps us in the race. That's what keeps us off track. It's needed, but it's not always desired. And so we try to incorporate all of those tight meetings within that one meeting so that we can get that done. So it may be that that uh, you you choose a designated time with each of those, and you say, all right, we're going to solve some problems." We're going to assess what's working, we're going to do some planning, we're going to create some new opportunities, and do it all within one meeting, if so. All right, let me give you the the rest of these seven, okay? Number three, when you're in a staff meeting, communicate the goals clearly. If the goals are not communicated clearly, uh, what happens is people won't be on the same page. And so there's always what I said, what I thought I said, what you heard, what you thought you heard. there's always ways to miscommunicate. So communicating clearly means that you take the time to state the objective, what we want, allow for questions, allow for discussion, until everybody in that room can clearly state what you're doing or what you're looking at, I don't think that meeting has been successful. It needs to be that everybody walks out the door saying, I have it, I got it. And I'm one of those that believe this, you can never over communicate. Just like advertising, there's no such thing in the world as over-advertising. Uh, the under-advertising, yes, but there's no such thing as over-advertising. And there is no such thing to me as over-communicating. you got to say it and say it and say it and say it. I heard once where that people have to hear it seven times before it ever registers. So you, we think we're communicating. And, and by the way, if you ever have children, you're going to figure this one out fast. Uh, you, you're going to say it over and over. You're going to say, when do they get it? Uh, they get it when it becomes a, a way of life for them that they can hear your voice in their head when you're not even in the room. And that's when they finally get it. So, I encourage you. Communicate regularly. Now, I would also uh, suggest have somebody take minutes. And in those minutes, keep the date, and the time, the topics, who attended, who led, uh, what was discussed. Make sure that's available as well so that you can always go back and say didn't we discuss that on this date didn't we resolve that on this date i hate having to go back and redo some things number, number four the fourth way to hold a, hold a good staff meeting is motivate the participants uh, that means this um, tell a story or give a short lesson to get them to see the need if it's just nothing but work 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 and it's all dry it's going to be hard to get them involved You get them involved when you tell them a story when you say folks let me tell you what happened we had a particular product or a person or whatever and they met somebody and when they met somebody that person says you changed my life and here's where they came from and here's where they are now all because of what you did now you make those people in the room feel like what I'm doing makes a difference and so you motivate participants by giving them a story letting them see a win letting them see where they brought a win And if we can do that, they feel a sense of ownership. And once your team feels a sense of ownership, they now feel that it's about us and what we can do, and they're going to make a real difference, okay? Uh, And so the active input that they bring and that they feel is going to make a big difference in the value they add. All right, number five. Number five is this. Stay on track. Now, this one's the easiest one in the world when you get the synergy going, okay? When synergy starts going in a room... The good is, is you've got a lot of energy and you want to go, go, go. The bad is, is it's very easy to get off track now. Uh, Everybody gets excited and then they're all chiming in and and before you know it, you were going this way but now you're moving another. Uh, and, And wasted time is the number one complaint of most staff meetings. People say, we could have covered that in two hours. And so the key there is staying on the topic at hand until... The resolution is found. So, if you've got a resolution that you want to have, ride that horse all the way to the barn. Stay, try to. Somebody has got to be saying, "Let's stay on track. Let's stay on track." That also is going to mean this, and I see this sometimes and it happens in every staff meeting. Um, you can have what we call sidebars, and that is, you know, like if you in the legal system, you'll see an attorney that he asks for a sidebar, and he's over here talking over here. I'm in staff meetings, and I see that sometimes. In fact, I was at a church recently, and I was leading their staff meeting. And the whole time I was leading it, I saw three sidebars going on. That is, people over here, were, and they had a large staff, but they'd be talking among themselves. So they're not hearing what everybody else is saying. And so you have to say, when we have, when we have an agenda and we're going in one direction, you don't want to have sidebars. Uh, and then there's also another thing that can get you off track or, or can frustrate you. Uh, the, the place for discussion primarily is in the staff meeting, not after. Be cautious of people who are real silent in the meeting, but then after the meeting want to come up and say, "Well, oh, by the way, uh, I need to ask you about, and it's something they could have brought up in front of everybody, and, and we've had to teach our own staff that. You'll have to do the same with yours. I, I, I don't want to give all my time. What's the point of having a staff meeting if they want to catch you after the meeting to have the discussion? So you want to make sure that all the cards are on the table in the room at the time, and it's not always comfortable, but at least when you're through, you're able to say, okay, we covered that, now we're breaking huddle, and we can go and get the job done. Number six, number six is this. Somebody needs to summarize. In that staff meeting, you'd summarize this. What has been discussed? What did we talk about today? What action is going to be taken? I'm afraid that sometimes Action is left off or put put off or postponed when it needs to be executed immediately. I read a book several years ago by Larry Bossity and it was a fabulous book that said about 80% of all discussions stay there at the table and they never get executed. His book was entitled Execution. If you're in leadership, run a company, I encourage you to read it. It's one of the best books, but he's talking about what you learn or think. Immediately, it's a hot potato. You act on it. And so you want to ask, what's been discussed? What action's been taken? Who's going to be responsible for executing each action? Sometimes you leave a meeting, we discussed it, but we never put the ball in somebody's hand. And, and you understand this, in, in a sports game, you've got to put a ball in somebody's hand in order for them to do something with it. it doesn't, there's no score if we leave a meeting and it's just up in the air. So it ought to be left with who's going to do that. Who is the person in the room that's got the ball? And once we establish that, it'll help us in in, in that. So those are the things to do along the summarizing. And then let me give you the last one. Number seven is this, and that is end the meeting on a positive note and on time. Uh, End the the meeting on a positive note and on time. What I mean by that is this. Make sure that that when you you get ready, leave the meeting. It should be like a pep rally. Um, uh, People should have clarity. They should have a passion for their role. They should have a belief that what they're doing matters. And, and then you close. And, I, you know, there are things, and as I say, we've not, we've not mastered these. I'm hoping by the time we get through talking about this today that our own staff meetings can be changed. But, but there needs to be a time we say, okay, at this time we are done. All right? And when we do that, that makes a difference. So those are the ways, the seven ways, the seven keys to being able to lead Effective staff meetings. Glad you were with us. Look forward to hearing from you and talking with you again next month. Thank you for tuning into this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Each month we share these lessons at a live luncheon to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. If you would like more information on dates and times of our upcoming luncheons, you can visit bpleadership.com.